God, thank you for today. Thank you for this time we get to spend here together in worship. Uh, Thank you for just everything that you have done and everything that you have blessed us with, God. We uh, are thankful for you and thankful for your presence with us. And God, I just pray this morning that you would uh, would speak through me once again, that the words that come out of my mouth would be your words uh, for your people on your day. And God, I just pray for those who aren't here this morning. Uh, I just pray for their health. I pray uh, just for their, uh, their physical health, but also I just I continue to lift up their spiritual health as well. And uh, God, we just uh, we lift them up to you this morning. Uh, God, we, we miss those who aren't here. And so, God, we just uh, we pray for them. We lift them up this morning. Uh, but God, for, uh, for those of us who are here this morning, we just pray that you would move in this space that you would uh, just, just speak to each and every one of us through your word, that we would feel your presence, that we would know that we have met with the one true God today. Uh, that's what we're here to do. That's why we came. And so, God, we, we lift you up, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, we are now in week four of our Summer in the Psalms. Uh, we took a little week off there when I was gone. But this is our fourth Summer in the Psalms week. Uh, and really, we've just been kind of looking into the Psalms, looking into, uh, you know, well, at the beginning of the year, right, we talked about uh, learning and following Scripture both personally and in community. This is our in-community piece. I hope that you are also uh, diving in on your own at home as well. Uh, but as we, as we continue on through the year, we're going to be spending some time and some very specific pieces of Scripture. The Psalms is the one we're going to be in for the summer. And so far, uh, we've been in four different Psalms, three different Psalms. Today will be our fourth. We've been in Psalm 95, talking about what worship is all about. We've been in Psalm 63, uh, talking about how David kind of came to grips with the depth of the love that God has for him, and it caused him to worship. Uh, we did Psalm 139 last week, and really we talked about David, again, coming to grips with another aspect of God, that God is all-knowing, that God knows everything about him, and that caused him to worship. Right? We, we see this over and over again. Really, the Psalms, I mean, you could, you could make a good case that a lot of these Psalms are written by people who are trying to come to grips with an aspect of God. They're trying to come to grips with, with who God is, trying to put it into words. And really, what we have is we have a lot of beautiful poems. We have a lot of beautiful songs that people have written. And that's what we have here in the Psalms. But sometimes... That's kind of just how we treat it, right? We treat it as it's just a bunch of beautiful songs and poems, but we don't necessarily engage the Psalms like we would, say, a letter from Paul in the New Testament. Sometimes we don't ask the same questions, like, what is, what is this author trying to say here? What is he going for here? How can, I, how can I apply this? How can I learn from this, right? We don't necessarily see some of that sometimes, and that's really what this series is about. So today, we're going to go through another psalm. It's Psalm 98. That's where we're going to be if you want to go there, Psalm 98. Uh, And this is another psalm uh, where the author, uh, it's not specific on who the author is here, but where the author kind of, once again, comes to grips with a piece of who God is. This week, we've seen kind of David come to grips with the depth of God's knowledge about him. We've seen David come to grips with the depth of God's love for him. Uh, and this week, we really get to see kind of the depth and the, the faithfulness of God. Right, and the faithfulness of God is kind of an interesting thing sometimes, isn't it, right? Uh, amidst all of the struggles that we have, amidst everything that goes on in our lives, sometimes I think this is the first thing that we question about God. Uh, God, are you there? 
Are, are you really here with me? Where were you when all of this is happening? You get some bad news and you just think, man, where, where are you? How do I make it through this? Right, we, we say, I want to believe, but I just don't feel you right now. I think when we, when we go through hard times, the, the faithfulness of God is probably the very first thing that we begin to question. And if that's you, you're, you're not alone, right? This, we all ask these questions, and Scripture is actually pretty chock full of people who are asking these questions, right? People who are asking, like, God, where are you? I mean, we have a whole book of Lamentations, right? Like, where, have you forgotten us? Like, where are you? You know, we, we have these questions. The Bible is not just a, a book of kind of shallow faith that just pretends that everything is perfect, right? The, the Bible is, is a book that contains real people wrestling with real issues and, and talking to a very real God and trying to kind of figure this out. And so I, I want to just talk this morning about the faithfulness of God that we see here in Psalm 98. Uh, you know, amidst all the things that we go through in life, the very thing, the very first thing that we can know to be true is that God is faithful, even when your faith is shaken, even when it's faltering, God is with you, right? He's, he's faithful to uphold you, and ultimately, he is faithful to save you. You know, Psalm 98. So really, as we go into Psalm 98, I just want to, maybe there's maybe just two questions that I want to answer. Uh, the first question is really, what, is, what does the faithfulness of God mean? What does it mean for me and you that God is faithful, and the second one is this, if, if God is faithful and we, we figure out kind of what that means for us, you know, why does it matter? <laughs> so what does it mean and why does it matter that God is faithful? That's really what we're going to talk about. I think that's really what this, this psalm spends some time talking about. And this psalm is all about the faithfulness of God. It's a pretty universal psalm, if I'm honest with you. There's some people who believe that this psalm was written uh, as the Egyptians are coming out, uh, or not the Egyptians, as the Israelites, the people of God, are coming out of Egypt. There's others who believe that this is kind of a psalm that was written as the Israelites are coming out of exile back to the promised land where God has made, the God has created for them. But it really doesn't matter, really. The point of it is that God is faithful. So let's read this psalm, Psalm 98. Sing to the Lord a new song. For he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing. With trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn, shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. So what we see here, uh, there's, this, there's this phrase here that is sort of the linchpin of this psalm, and it is verse 3. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. That's an interesting phrase there. God has remembered. That's really interesting, especially considering where we were last week. Remember last week, we, we talked in Psalm 139 about how God is all-knowing. Now, if God is all-knowing, why does he have to remember? 
Now, just saying that God has remembered, doesn't that just kind of, kind of give us this, this, uh, this thought that, that doesn't imply that God has forgotten? And, you know, we all have times where we forget stuff. Like, I forget stuff all the time. But God is omniscient. God is all-knowing. God doesn't just forget things. I think, I think there are times, though, when we feel like, God, God, you've forgotten. <laughs> God, have you forgotten me? Have you forgotten what I've been praying to you for years and years? Have you, do, do you hear me? Have you forgotten me? And I think, honestly, this is, this is something that the people in both of those situations that I mentioned earlier, the, the Israelites coming out of Egypt and the Israelites coming out of, uh, uh, of exile, this is a question they're asking as well. All right, think about this coming out of Egypt. You get to Exodus chapter 2. Uh, we, we were kind of here uh, just, just a couple months ago in Exodus chapter 2 talking about this. Uh, Exodus chapter 2, verse 23 and 24. During that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites, remember God's people, the descendants of Abraham, they groaned in their slavery and they cried out. And their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac. And with Jacob. Now, again, why does God have to remember? Did God forget his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? I think the answer is, is no. We'll talk about this in a little bit. And the same reason I think the answer in the psalm, when it talks about God remembering, is not that God forgot, right? We're, we'll, we'll get into this. But I mean, is it, I, don't, I don't think it means that, that God forgot. I think it's people questioning God and God reminding us that yeah, I remember I remember what I said to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. I remember what I said in those covenants. I, I remember. Just a, just a couple chapters later in Exodus chapter 6, verse 2. Uh, we'll start at verse 2. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, where they resided as foreigners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. There's that word again. I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm with a mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of out from under the yoke of the Egyptians, and I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. So you get back to Psalm 98. And really, verse 1 through 3 makes sense. I mean, put yourself in the, in the, in the shoes of the Israelites who are coming out of Egypt, and they can sing this song. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. You can picture this. You can picture the people who come out of Egypt singing this song. Well, what about this, this other situation? Coming out of exile back into the promised land. Well, let's, let's take a trip there. Let's go to Lamentations real quick. Lamentations chapter 5. I'm just going to read the whole thing. You can just kind of get a feeling for how they're feeling at this point, right? Lamentations chapter 5. Remember, Lord. They're calling God to remember. Remember, Lord, what has happened to us. Look and see our disgrace. 
Our inheritance has been turned over to strangers, our homes to foreigners. We have become fatherless. Our mothers are widows. We must buy the water we drink. Our wood can only be had at a price. Those who pursue us are at our heels. We are weary and find no rest. We submitted to Egypt and Assyria to get enough bread. Our ancestors sinned and are no more, and we bear their punishment. Slaves rule over us, and there is no one to free us from their hands. We get our bread at the risk of our lives because of the sword in the desert. Our skin is as hot as an oven, feverish from hunger. Women have been violated in Zion, the virgins in towns of Judah. Princes have been hung up by their hands. Elders are shown no respect. Young men toil at the millstones. Boys stagger under loads of wood. The elders are gone from the city gate. The young men have stopped their music. Joy is gone from our hearts. Our dancing has turned to mourning. The crown has fallen from our head. Woe to us, for we have sinned. Because of this, our hearts are faint. Because of these things, our eyes grow dim from Mount Zion, which lies desolate with jackals prowling over it. You, Lord, reign forever. Your throne endures from generation to generation. Why do you always forget us? Why do you forsake us so long? Restore us to yourself, Lord, that we may return. Renew our days as of old, unless you have utterly rejected us and are angry with us beyond measure. I just want to highlight real quick, that's the end of this book. If, you, if you're curious about how the people in exile felt, you can go and just read Lamentations. and just That's just, that's just a piece of Lamentations right there. But I just want you to, to hear what they're saying here. They begin, this chapter begins with these words, Remember, Lord, what has happened to us. And then verse 20, I mean, just think about verse 20. Why do you always forget us? Why do you forsake us so long? Why do you always forget us? What are they saying? <laughs> why, why are you not being faithful? Why have you forgotten your people? Where are you? Even Mount Zion, the place that you are supposed to dwell, even that, it's desolate. Uh, why have you forgotten us? Why have you forgotten your people? You get to Ezekiel, which actually just the next, the next book, Ezekiel chapter 16. There's a passage here I just want to read, verse 59 and 60. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I will deal with you as you deserve because you would despise my oath by breaking the covenant. Yet I will remember the covenant I made with you in the days of your youth, and I will establish an everlasting covenant with you. Now hear this again. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will deal with you as you deserve because you have despised my oath by breaking my covenant. Yet I will remember the covenant I made with you in the days of your youth and I will establish an everlasting covenant with you. All right, here's what he's saying here. I'm not the one who forgot. You forgot. You forgot this covenant. I'm not the one who forgot this covenant. You're the one who forgot this covenant, which I think a lot of people, which is why a lot of people think that this is when Psalm 98 was written, because you go back to Psalm 98, and what does it say? Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. The people of Israel are again out of slavery and into the promised land, and they can sing a new song. So here's two situations just from the Old Testament that fit this psalm. 
Now, does it matter which one it is? No, it doesn't. Here's why. Because it fits our own lives as well. This is a universal psalm that we have here. I mean, every single one of us can sing, can, can read this psalm. I, it applies to us as well. I mean, I think, oh, we got to remember this. Remember, go, go back to the Word of God series. Well, this wasn't in my notes. I just want to go back to the Word of God series with me for a second. Who are the people of God? In the Old Testament, the people of God are the Israelites, the descendants of Abraham. They're referred to over and over and over again. These are the people of God. The New Testament, that language switches. The people of God are no longer just the Israelites. It is everyone. It is everyone else, right? It is, it is everyone. The people of God are those who call on the name of the Lord. And so I mean, think about this. Sing to the Lord. He has done marvelous things. God is faithful. I think each and every one of us could sing this song right now. He has done marvelous things. Sing to the Lord a new song. God is faithful. So here's the questions. We're going to get to the questions now. What does it mean for us that God is faithful? What can, we, what can we learn? What can we take out of this? Just this, this, this saying that God is faithful, what does this mean for us? Well, the very first thing it means is that God never forgets his people. God never forgets his people. In Scripture, we have this, this call, even in Lamentations, remember us. Remember what happened to us, right? We have in Exodus, God remembered. But God didn't, God didn't forget. He wasn't remembering because he forgot. He was just... He was just Bringing it to mind. Uh, yes, I, he's always known and he always knew his covenant. God never forgets his people. Even when it seems like the world is, is just caving in around you, you don't ever have to wonder if God has forgotten you. Why? Because God is faithful. God does not forget his people. I mean, scripture is clear. God hears you when you're groaning. He sees you in your suffering. We have a God that knows us. We have a God that loves us. God, our God, has not forgotten us. And if you hear anything, if you leave and you don't hear anything else I say, I want you to hear that this morning. God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten our church. God has not forgotten our people. God has not forgotten us because God is faithful. Right? It means that God never forgets his people, but it also means that God always keeps his promises. God always keeps his promises. This verse 3 says he has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. That word love there in other translations other than the NIV, some of them say steadfast love. He has remembered his steadfast love for his people that word there, that word love, that just translated in some ways, steadfast love, is actually the word covenant love. God has remembered his covenant love. When God called Abraham, and Abram at the time, God entered into a covenant with him. God, God, God promises to be, remember Genesis chapter 15 and 13 and 12, God, God promises that Abram would have descendants, that they would be as numerous as the stars, as numerous as the dust, that he would inherit the promised land, his descendants would inherit the promised land. This is the covenant that is being referred to here. This is the, he's remembering his, his covenant love. So when God saved his people from Egypt, he was remembering his covenant. And remember with me, go back to Genesis chapter 15 with me. You don't need to actually turn there, but just in your mind, go back to Genesis 15. We spent a couple weeks talking about Genesis in our Word of God series. Remember, go back to Genesis chapter 15 with me. Remember what happens in Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15, God comes to Abram and he says, don't be afraid. I am your shield. I, I am going to be with you. I am your very great reward. 
And Abram just looks at God. Well, he, he speaks to God and he says, how am I going to know? How do I know that what you're promising is actually going to happen? What is Abram, what is Abram asking? How can I know that you're faithful? How can I know? And God says, here's how you can know. I want you to go get some animals. I want you to line them up in the, in the path. And we're going we're gonna to do this the right way. We're going to make a real covenant. So you'll remember, Abram does what he says. He goes and he gets the animals. He gets the bird and he gets the ram. And he gets all these animals. He cuts them in half. Places them on either side and makes a pathway. And this covenant back in the day was a very serious covenant. As you would walk through these animals and you would make this covenant with each other, you would essentially be saying, if I don't come through on my end of this covenant, may I be like one of these animals. And then Abram gets put into a deep sleep. And God appears and he goes through the the path on his own. And he promises. This is is my covenant. I'm going to remember my covenant to you. This covenant that you're going to have descendants as numerous as the stars, as numerous as dust in the earth. This, This covenant that I made with you that you're going to inherit the promised land. I remember that covenant. And guess what? The promise, as we found out in our Word of God series, is fulfilled. All right, God has God remembered his covenant. I mean, God is praised for his faithfulness all over Scripture. I almost used Psalm 105 today. Psalm 105 uh, is another one of God's faithfulness. Psalm 105.42 says, God remembered his holy promise given to his servant Abraham. Right, he, he is faithful. God is praised for his faithfulness in Psalm 105.98 all over Scripture. God is faithful. And this faithfulness of God means that God never forgets his people. And it means that God always keeps his promises. God is faithful. So if God is faithful, why does this matter for you and me? How, I guess how does this matter is probably not a great way to put that. But, but how, can we, how can we apply this? What does it mean for you and me? It means that God is faithful. It means that, that he never forgets us. It means that, that he's always going to remember his promises. But, but how, how practically, what does this look like practically? God's faithfulness. Practically, it means a few things. I think, first of all, it means that we can have peace from our past. And this, this psalmist starts these first three verses. They're all about looking back. Look at all the things that God has done. We can sing a new song today because of what he has done in the past. Think about what he has done. Right? And I think, I think about our lives and I think, Man, we can, we can do this. We can, we can sing this. This psalm applies directly to us. And we can sing a new song right now because of what God has done for us in the past. And, and think about this. I mean, God brought the Egyptians. Or, gosh, I've been saying that. God brought the Egyptians out of Egypt. I did it again. God brought the Israelites out of Egypt. God brought the Israelites back out of exile. Right? He, he, he freed them from something. He freed them from a physical something. None, none of us have actually had to be freed from a physical something. Right? But there, I, I, I guarantee you, there is probably a dark place in your life that God has freed you from. Maybe he freed you from an addiction or maybe just he was with you in a certain situation. But, I, but here's the most important thing. God has freed us, not from a physical something, but from something that, that will cause death. And just the same, he has freed us from the power and the penalty of sin. And for that, 
We have reason to sing a new song. We have reason to rejoice. We have reason to rejoice in God's faithfulness because he ha- we can have peace from our past. None of that stuff matters anymore. And think about this, even in regards to last week. We talked about God being all-knowing. Uh, just, just think about this. God knows everything about you and me, and he still chose to send his son. He still chose to go through with this. He still chose to love us. I mean, even in the times that we are unfaithful, God remains faithful. All right, Jeremiah 31, to all who trust in Jesus, I will be merciful. I will remember your sins no more. Now, I think about all the ways that, that I have sinned against God and to think that God chooses to remember none of it. I think about that. In Psalm 103, as far as the east is from the west, I, I, will, I will not remember. I mean, this, this is just amazing stuff. God is faithful and we can be reconciled to him. It doesn't matter what has happened in our past. Because of God's faithfulness, we can have peace now. Right? We can have peace from our past, but because of God's faithfulness, we can also have joy in the present. Oh, we can have peace from the past, so we can have joy in the present. You read verse 4 through 6, and this is, these are, this is loud language here. This is loud, joyful language. And he, remember, he's coming off of, he's remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. What's next here? Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with a harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. I shout for joy. Uh, this, is, this is the response here. I mean, God, because of God's faithfulness, we can have joy now. This language is loud. Because of the faithfulness of God, we have a, a loud, triumphant song to sing. I mean, even in the midst of trouble, even today, God has not forgotten and he will not forget. Uh, we can have joy in the present because God, we know that God is faithful. And in God's faithfulness, he will strengthen us in the storm. We can have wisdom in times of confusion. We can have peace in times of turmoil. We can have rest in times of stress and calm in the face of anxiety, courage in the face of fear, hope in the face of despair. We can have joy in every single circumstance. Why? Because God is faithful. God is faithful. And because God is faithful, we can have peace from our past. We can have joy in the present. But I think most importantly, we have a hope for the future. And just, just think about how this psalm ends. Verse 7, 8, and 9. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. And this, this last part is all about creation rejoicing as everything is made right once again. This is, this is, we can have hope for the future. I mean, this psalm is more than just about exile in Egypt or exile from the promised land. This psalm is, is so much more than that. I mean, no matter what is going on in our life, I mean, oppression, injustice, they don't have the last word. Sickness, disease, pandemic doesn't have the last word. Right, relational, emotional stress doesn't have the last word. Jesus has the last word. 
This is what this looks forward to. He will come to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and people's with equity. And that's a weird way of kind of talking about Jesus coming back and just like highlighting that aspect of it. Like, yeah, Jesus coming back, he's going to judge everybody. That's not really like the first aspect. I think normally when we talk about Jesus coming back, we just think about like this, this beautiful image of just, just God coming back just to rescue his people once again. But this is what the psalm is talking about. Uh, this is looking forward to the end, saying, look, God has the last word and God is faithful. God is faithful. And this is true, not just for Old Testament people of God, but for the New Testament people of God, including us. God is faithful. God is faithful. And this psalm, I think, is just a great, a great way to highlight the faithfulness of God. Let's pray. God, we love you, and we give you thanks and praise this morning. God, you are faithful. And for that, you, you deserve all the praise and all the glory, God. God, help us not to, not to question your faithfulness when things go wrong. That is the very first place that we go. But God, I just pray that we would not, not ask these same questions. Not, where, where are you? Or, or have you forgotten me? Or do you even hear what I'm saying right now? God, help us to, to know that you are faithful, even in the midst of, of whatever we are going through. You are faithful. God, I just pray that as we go forward this week, you would just continually remind us of your faithfulness. God, show us ways in which you've been faithful in the past. God, show us ways in which you will be faithful in the future. But God, help us to, to remember. We know you do. Help us to remember that you are faithful. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning and uh, just receive a blessing from God as you go through your week? Let me say this blessing for you. May our God, our faithful, loving, all-knowing God, go with you and ahead of you this week. May he be with you in your homes, in your workplaces, wherever you may find yourself, that you might be a light for him, you may make a difference for him, wherever you may be. May he remind you over and over again that he is faithful. And wouldn't that just give you encouragement this week as you go? Go in peace, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming this morning. Uh, you're dismissed. Thanks for coming.